Uh, yesterday was Daf Lamed Aleph. Today is Lamed Beis, and we'll do a review of yesterday's Daf and get to today's Daf. What did we learn yesterday? We started off talking the bottom of the page on Daf Lamed Amid Beis, and we were saying that uh, um, somebody who um, um, that we started talking about the um, ability, the potential of keeping your Erev Tchumen in a base Hakfaros. That, that's what Rabbi Yudha said you could do. And the reason why he said you could do that is because he said that it's possible for a coin to actually protect himself from Tuma by being in a very large box that uh, creates a Chatzitza, creates a divide and doesn't allow the Tuma to enter the room where he is. And uh, the reason why the Chacham disagrees is because there's this issue of what, whether that qualifies as an Ohel. Does an Ohel Zaruk Shmei Ohel or Lav Shmei Ohel? An elevated, a, a, a suspended Ohel, does that qualify as an Ohel? That was the discussion, and we la- basically, we said it's a machlokas. Um, we talked about this with regards to Machlokes Tanoim as well, entering Chutz Laaretz, Eretz Ha'amim, where uh, in a Shidatev Amigdal, according to Rabbi, it doesn't help, you're still going to be Tameh, but according to Rabbi Yosef Buda, you will be Tahor. And that's the exact discussion of whether Ohel Zoruk is Shmei Ohel or Lav Shmei Ohel. So Gemara brings down that there's a Brisa that Rabbi Yudha says that a person not only. Can he set up his Erev? That uh, even a Kohen Tohar with Truma Tahora can have his Erev on a Kever. Which is very interesting. How does that work? So, first of all, how do you get there? You have to say he got there in a Shida Teva Migdal. That's one thing. That's first step. He was in the box. Problem is, is that uh, the food is tummy. So, the Food that's on the cover is not coming tummy. No, because we're talking about the food is low. Is not was not hukshar lekabotuma. As we know that if it wasn't hukshar lekabotuma, doesn't bother us. It's not capable of becoming tummy. So, or it could have been bread that was um, uh, that was needed in fruit juices because only the only the main those seven liquids can actually do that. It doesn't work by. Um, fruit juices. So, again, it's not that's number, that's number two. I, the question is, how did he get it to him? The food's there. He, um, he's in the box. He has to bring the food to where he is. How does that work? So, Mark says, he brings it with because if he would bring it with a keli, with a utensil, then the keli being over, suspended over the air, uh, airspace of the kever will become tummy, And then, Again, he'll become tummy. So the Gemara says, okay, he brings, he, let's assume that he did that, but isn't there still concern that this piece of wood is, if it has the width of a tefach, or even the diameter, if it's a circular, of a tefach, that also would be a problem because it's, uh, it's like an ohel. An ohel is makabal that it, it's, it carries the tumma to him. So the Gemara says, no, um, he's he's holding it on its pointy side, where it's not, where it's narrower, 
narrow, and therefore it's not, uh, and, the, and he lifts up the food and brings it to him, so there's none of the concerns. Now, Gemara says, if you're able to work all these ways around it, why do the rabbis disagree? Now, we understand the rabbis maybe disagree with the concept of an old Zorik, but we're, we're not talking about necessarily a, a cemetery of a rabbin. It's just saying that it's on a kever. So the Gemara explains that the issue that the rabbis have over here is that you're being kone abayis, you're acquiring your home, your, your homestead, in, uh, on, a, on a kever. And that's a, something that is osur ba'ano, you're not allowed to benefit from. So the Gemara says, does that mean that Rabbi Yehuda says that you're allowed to benefit from a kever? I mean, that's something that we thought would be agreed upon by all. So the Gemara says, he's called this thing, establishing your, your place of dwelling to allow you to extend your, uh, your, your travels of a, to, to past the Tchum, that's a mitzvah. And mitzvahs, mitzvahs are not given over a benefit, and we don't look at that as a benefit. Um, so the Gemara says, if that's true, to this, we, does that mean that Rava, who basically said this, this idea of mitzvahs, lav lehanos, nidu, mitzvahs are not given over to benefit, he's taking sides in a machlokis? Only Rabbi Yehuda holds mitzvahs, lav lehanos, nidu? The Chachamim say mitzvahs are lehanos, nidu? So the, so, uh, the Gemara says, no, no, no. Rava will tell you like this. If uh, it, yeah, it really goes back to a separate question, a, a broader question. The question is, can you set up your eruv, um, or um, in general, is, can you set up your eruv only for a dvar mitzvah, or even for any even for dvar rishos? According to the Chacha, according to Rabbi Yehuda, you can only have an eruv for a dvar mitzvah, since you only can have an eruv for a dvar mitzvah. So therefore, by definition, this whole thing is mitzvah related. Mitzvah-related things is not considered a no. Then, um, um, so, so uh, as opposed to the Chachamim, who say that you could do it even for Dvarishos, and that's why it's an issue. Okay. So, um, so that's the, that's the Machlokas. So the Gemara says, but if that's true, Rav Yosef says, is he only going in a machlokas tanam? He's taking sides and he's saying, I hold like Rav Yehuda against the Chachamim. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. Rav Yosef will tell you that even the Chachamim agree that it's mitzvah. And everybody also agrees that mitzvah slavla nasnitu. So then what's the whole machlokas between the Rav Yehuda and the Chachamim? Question is, once you did acquire your Erev and that allows you to extend it, do you want the food to be protected so that you can eat it? That already is no longer the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to extend it, to be allow me to walk all the way to visit the sick over there far away. I'm doing, it's all for a mitzvah. But now, do I want the food protected by being here in the cemetery? If the answer is yes, that's called a personal benefit. And that's why the, Reb, the Rabbanon say it's a problem. Rabbi Yudha says, I don't really care about that because the food being here is not even my intention to necessarily eat it. I might, it's just so that I'm able to make that my home, that this way I can continue on. So that's the two sides, and that's the machlokes, and, um, and that's the answer. Okay, brings us to the new Mishnah. So the Gemara says that in the Mishnah that you can use divine or Maiserishon, which the Truma was taken, or Maiserishon and Hagdish, which was redeemed. 
and Kohanim can use challah, all of those things are acceptable as your food for your Eruv. What you cannot, what you cannot use is Tevel, Ma'is Rishon, that the Truma was not removed, or Ma'is Hashanah Hagdish that was not redeemed. Now, a lot of this would seem obvious, and that's why we need to discuss it more in depth. So the first thing is the Mai. Well, how can you use the Mai as your Eruv? I, the Mai needs to be tied. That's the Halacha, that you've got to retie that in order to be able to eat it. So it's also to eat. So then how does it work? So the Gemara explains that it's only also to eat if you're rich. If you're poor, then you are allowed to eat the Mai. And being that everybody has the capacity to make themselves poor, by basically declaring all of their property ownerless, making it hafkar. So therefore, now they're poor. All of a sudden, they're poor immediately. And if they're poor immediately, so then they're fit to eat it. So therefore, right away, even without going through that exercise, you could say that demai is something that I could eat, potentially. Why would anybody? That's exactly right. Nobody would do that in the right mind. But... uh, Unless they, they want to be poor so they can eat some demai. Look, there are some perks to being poor. They don't want to pay the shul dues, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm poor, okay. So, um, the Gemara says um, that, so the Gemara brings down this idea of machilin is ha'anim demai v'esachsanya demai. It's not only Anim, it's also Achsanya. Achsanya are, 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 are people who are in the army that happen to be Jewish. And uh, in the, there was a concept of having to host people in the army and feed them. And that's the uh, Halacha. And that's what we're talking about. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, in the Israeli army, they don't let a private individual feed the army. It's not allowed. Did you know that? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. In my time... Yeah. They used to be, especially for the long soldiers, which didn't have a home to go. Oh, you mean for Shabbos? Shabbos. Yeah, so, no, but I'm saying while they're in army. You no, know, they're army. in the army. You're a long soldier. Yeah. Because you don't have any family in Israel. So people try to have you for Shabbos to feed you. Right. If you have a, a spare Shabbat. So oh, people do the effort to try to host you. Yeah, but that's for Shabbos. Oh, that's like an off Shabbos. I'm talking about while you're in army uniform, while you're working in the army, the, the army has to feed you. Absolutely. And they're not, and, and let's say you want to sponsor a meal for the army? They didn't let. I'm telling you a fact. Okay. They said they're not allowed to accept, like, it's like accepting gifts. They're not allowed to accept gifts. Um, anyway, mm, you know the Israel Defense Force. Uh, you can give it in another way. Yeah, maybe indirect, not direct. That's all. Okay. Anyway, be that as it may, there's a story. Uh, so Rafuna says that by the way, it's Machlokes Beishamai. Bishul Beishamai says you can, you cannot feed Aniim Demai, and Bishul says you can. But anyway, that's the answer to the question of how Demai can be good for your Eruv. Next thing we said is that if the Meister Shani's truma was taken, then it's good for, for uh, then, then you can use it for your Erev. Uh, of course, what's wrong? You took away the truma, it's fixed up, so anybody's allowed to eat Meister It's important to know that you don't have to be a Levi. Yeah, we have here a Levi. You do not have to be a, you, if you have Meister uh, Mati, right? You're a Levi, right? Yes. So you don't have, if you have Meister you can share that food with your, uh, your Israel friend. Because Maiserishon is not like Truma that must be only eaten by a coin. You get it as a portion, it's a gift for you, 
But anybody's allowed to eat it. You understand? Like my, my brother-in-law? Yes, you can feed it to your brother-in-law, exactly. You can feed it to your friends. You can invite people to a meal and serve them Maiserishon. Because Maiserishon, it's a gift to the Levi, but it doesn't have the, the, the Isurim attached uh, to it. That, that you have to, only you can feed the like, That only a Levi truma. can eat it. It's not like it. It's different than Truma. So therefore, if the Truma has been removed, what's the problem? Of course it should be good. The answer is... We're talking about is that they only took off Trumas Meiser and they did not take off Truma Gedola. How did they do that? How did they get, a, get around taking off Truma Gedola? Because it's a trick. If before it, you, when, before harvesting, you, it was still in the sheaves, before you actually put it in the piles that smooth over, over the piles, you can take off your Meiserishim first, and then only part that needs to be taken out is the Trumas Meiser. The regular truma, you save the, 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 the need to separate truma gedola because you took the maiserishon before the chiyuv of maiser of truma gedola kicked in, and that's the chiddush that that's considered fixed up. I, if that's the case, and we brought a pasuk that if that's the case, why doesn't it work even after it was in the piles and smoothed over? Because that's already a different pasuk that says that uh, that you still have to give the truma gedola in that case, and that's the pasuk. Uh, different Hashem. How do you know which one has the chi of, of giving true Gdola and which one doesn't? It's, it makes sense. If there, it's called Dagon, that's when there's a chi to take off true Gdola. If it's not yet called Dagon, then the true Gdola obligation did not yet kick in. And you can preempt it and give it the Maiserishon beforehand. So that's basically the two sides, and that's the story. Brought us to Meiser Sheni and Egdish that was redeemed. Again, why isn't it obvious if it's been redeemed? So then it's like regular grain. Of course, it should be good for your food. The answer is, is that you un, you did not redeem it. What? Truma comes before the master. Yeah, normally when I have my field, I have all my things. You give off Truma Gedola first. The Truma Gedola that's the which is one fiftieth, one fortieth, a certain amount. Give that to the coin directly. That's me. I give it to the coin. Then I take my Maiserishon and I give it to you, 10% of what's left to you. Of the net. Of, 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 the, of what's left from, after I give the Truma Gedola, I see how, much, how many bushels I have. I have 100 bushels, 10 bushels go to you. Got it? So you are then, you're not giving them. And out of, the, out, of the, out, of the, out of those 100 bushels, you have to give a tenth of what you got. I Me. give you 10, you give one bushel to a Kohen. You understand? That's Truma's Maiser. The so truma you, from at the, the mice. end, the owner of the land is not only giving ten percent. He's giving more, of course. Like I mean, if he, if he gives a fiftieth, and then right. ten. That's exactly right. So he's giving, giving a little much more. more. Much more, uh, right? A little bit more, correct? Right, that is correct. Okay. No, fiftieth is only two percent. Ah, so two percent, yes. See, a 50th. Yeah, a 50th. No, which is a 50th of the total. It's like... Uh, that's 2%. One part out of 50 parts. So well, that's two uh, parts out of 100 2%, parts. 2%, yes. 2%. So you give 2% to the coin. It's a machloka. You don't have to give... I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's, uh, that's the average that they would give. It's not, as, it's not an exact thing. You, it's the, the very generous people... Give one fortieth. The very cheap people give one sixty. 
the, the medium give one fiftieth. Okay, give 2%. so the medium is a two plus a ten. And then up. and then a tenth, and then another tenth that goes to the coin. And then if it's the fir- if it's year one or year two of the Shemitah cycle, or year four and year five, then I then the I separate another tenth. tenth, then I separate an additional tenth that I save. A tenth from the tenth. No, a tenth after I gave the tenth to the to the to the levy, I take another tenth and I that's my Meiser Shani. It's twenty-two. And then I redeem, right, then I redeem that money, but I'm not giving that away. I'm keeping that. No, but you're keeping it when you make a, when you are right, When I go to Olareka, I'll spend it. Exactly, money. right. So that's it. That's like okay, saving, okay, I okay. put it in a savings account. The second 10% is when you go to Yerushalayim. Exactly, right. That's on year one, two, four, and five. On year three and year six, there's also Meiser Ani. Instead of Meiser Shani, I give an extra 10th just to the poor. That's the basic system. Okay. It's good to review this every so often. Anyway, the bottom line is, if it's been redeemed, why isn't it good for your Maiser? Of course it should be good. It's obvious, too obvious. The answer is, you redeemed it to its value without adding on the extra fifth. The halacha is, is that when you have your Maiser Shani and it's worth, let's say, $100, you have to set aside money. You want to transfer it onto money? You have to set aside money, $125, which is an additional fifth. A so Jewish if you're person. a wealthier landlord, yeah, I'm thinking about the economic terms. When you yeah. come and you spend your master shame in Yerushalayim, it keeps on the Yerushalayim economy. Of course, moving. that's exactly that's because exactly. Because you're you're spending more money than you right. need. Right, there is, I think, a medrash, and I was just discussing this with a friend. I think there's a medrash somewhere that says that one of the reasons why Jews have so many holidays is that Jews have parnasa. <laughs> Because a lot of the holidays give opportunity for business for Jews. Like on sukkahs, I'll build you your sukkah. There's sukkah building businesses. Yes. There's, uh, there's uh, you know, the Dalim There's you. the matzah business. These are all good businesses. So don't worry about it. No, I'm, talk, I'm talking about the it hotels. A, a merchant moment yeah. for Israel. Exactly. That people gather. Mm-hmm. And they used to offer their products. That's for sure. Yerushalayim survived on the holidays. That was their business. That exactly. It's still to this day Israel. Uh, you know, the Israel's economy. A lot of it is based on tourism. What is that? What is that? It's basically the same. Like, it's the same thing. Okay, it's a big chelak, a big part of the of the economy. Brings us to. The next thing. Anyway, bottom line is you didn't add on the fifth. It doesn't matter. It's still considered redeemed. You just didn't do what you're supposed to do, but it's effective. Oh, so that brings us to the next thing, um, which was, that was my Shani and Hegdesha was redeemed. Next thing we talked about was um, what you cannot use. What can't you use? Tevel. So of course you can't use Tevel. The answer is even rabbinic Tevel, even though it's, let's say, hydroponics, where it, from Eretz Yisrael, which is not Chayv, to take tithes minatora because it's not really not connected the, to the ground. It's in a, like a flower pot that does not connect it to the ground. Nevertheless, midra it is obligated, and that's called tevel. And you can't, you cannot use that for your eruv. What about Maiserishon where the truma wasn't taken? That's obvious. If you didn't take the truma, it's no good. The answer is we're talking about we didn't take this truma gedola, and you did take off the truma smaiser, but instead of taking it when you separated the Maiserishon, 
you didn't do it in the beginning before it was in the smoothed over pile. You waited till after it was in the smoothed over pile. Which you might think that also works, and that's what to tell you that it doesn't work. Like Abai told him that the Pasuk specifically says that once you once it was in the smoothed over pile where the chi of the obligation for Truma Gedola kicked in, then if you don't give it, it's not gonna be kosher. It's not gonna be it still remains Teva. That's the thing. But Rebbe, when you when you separate an amount of fruit or whatever of the product within to put to put it in a basket and put, and make the 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 able, yeah. it's not a product that you're losing that you're getting rid of it. No, you're this is just yeah, but yes, but for a shabby, you but it eat. has to be something you're allowed to eat. Okay, and if you can't eat it, then it doesn't work. Okay, that's all. Very well. Now, if it's Meister Shani and Hekdash that hasn't been redeemed, of course it should not be good. Why do you have to tell me that that's no good? The answer is, you did redeem it, but you didn't do it according to the law. Meaning, one, when you transfer on money, that lacha requires that it has to be transferred onto Kesef Tzura. Kesef Sheyesh Batsura has to have a form on it, stamped money, like coins, with the face on it. Now, silver coins. If it's, um, if it's just a blank piece of silver... That's not kosher. A, pr- uh, a currency will allow you interest change. Exactly. It has to be like a true currency that will have a stamp on it. If it's just a blank slug, you know what that is? Like a, no, no, nothing on the, just like, it's a round shape that looks like a coin, but it's blank. There's Maybe nothing on it. Whatever, it's just a piece of silver. It may have value. It's not kosher for your redemption. Okay. That's the halacha. That's one chidush. Or, and that's what's not good. Or you redeem the hagdish on land, which also is not acceptable. All right. Brings us to the next thing, a new Mishnah. Interesting, Alacha. Somebody sends his ear in the hand of a cherish of a cotton. We said, no good. Or in somebody who doesn't believe in Erev, also no good. You can't have your Erev be set up by a cherish of a cotton to set up my home, my house over there. But you, I just want you to bring the food there and put it over there to establish my home there. It doesn't work for a cherish of a cotton. Or. A Kuti, a, a Samaritan who doesn't accept the, the belief in the concept of an Erev. Okay. No, Svartim believe in Erev. No. Okay. They have, they have, they have that, no, they do believe, it's important to understand, they do accept that they have just a much more stricter opinion with regards to Erev. And therefore, it's much harder. The Erev that we do does, is not, doesn't qualify according mm-hmm. to Svartim. That's the problem. That's the they difference. They are removing that we have. It's funny we want to use them. That's a re- that's the, that's nothing. That's because they have they have different shita of what's required for the eruv. They need a real wall or something like that. That's they don't they don't uh, use the string and stuff like that. These are one of the issues. But anyway, the bottom line is it's just more complicated to make an eruv according to a svardi, and uh, basically it's based on the Rambam. The Rambam has much more stricter opinions with regards to Hilchaz Erevin. Anyway, but it's not that he don't hold of an Erev. Akuti doesn't accept the oral tradition. That's the difference. Um, now, um, now, if you, you told him, you told the Cherishot of Akatan or the Kuti, I want you to give it to my friend who is an adult, who believes in Erev, who lives over there, and he will set it up for me. So they're just bringing, they're just a shaliach to bring it from point A to point B, they're delivery people, then it's effective. Oh. When you're establishing an, an extended Eruv, the 2000 Amah, yeah. that becomes a, 
Bishut Ayachid for anyone. No, 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 it's you. important to understand. This has nothing to do with the Bishut Ayachid. No, this I mean, is, I do 2000, listen, 2000 Amma is not making it private. What it makes it is that it, that's where I live, and therefore I'm allowed to go 2000 Amas from where I live. So it's like establishing my point, my zero point, to give me 2,000 additional people just for walking. I can't carry a thing. Only for me? Only for you. You, yeah. Not everybody. I have a, we have a cluster of homes that we are together. The people who are next to me, my neighbors, they cannot use it? The, not unless they, unless they have well, a they, sharing. They contribute that, Right. That's, but this, again, this is, this is a rule for, for tchum, to travel. It's nothing to do with carrying. It's two completely unrelated laws. Okay. So, the Gemara brought down what's wrong with a cotton. Um, a cotton can collect the Eruv. So the Gemara says that's true for Eruv Chatzeros. He can collect the food because all that matters by the Chatzer is that every house contributed. So if a young child goes around to all the houses with a basket and everybody puts in a loaf, of, you know, a small loaf of bread and they keep it in the other person's house, it doesn't matter. But here we're talking about Erev Tchumen where we're establishing this as his house. A katan can't do that. That's what we say. Now, we said um, a kuti is who, who, who doesn't believe in Erevin and then we said, but if he gives it to somebody else, then it's acceptable. Question is, how do I know that the Chirishot of a Katan or the Kuti does what they were told to do? The answer is because, um, because he saw. You can see very far away and you saw him go to that person and hand it off. Okay, or, okay so that's why you, you were able to, uh, be able to see that he, that he, that he did his Shalichut. Okay. like... 2,000 amma, right, it could be, right, it could be, it's good, it's not that far, what is it? You know? What, half a mile? Yeah, something like that. Okay, so the Gemara says, um, so the Gemara says, um, uh, what, what about, how do you know that the person who you told to receive it, how do you know he's doing what he's supposed to do? And that's where we said that there's a general principle, chazaka, which is going to keep us busy in today's uh, daf, that we have a general principle that a shliach does what he's told to do. Okay. Now, um, we're, this conversation was really referring to a different halacha, very interesting. We talked about if your person um, basically puts the food onto the, an elephant or onto a monkey and they walk it uh, that's not going to be enough to establish an Erev because even though they're trained to do what you tell them to do, but uh, it's still, they can make an Erev. But if they just bringing it to where the, you have a friend, then it works. They can bring it from point A to point B. How do you know that they did their job? Who says the elephant listened to you? The answer is, is that you're able to see that the elephant walked to the direction. He's big, you're able to, and the monkey or whatever, you're able to see that. And that's where they said, I, how do you know that he's going to listen to do what you, you told him to do? Because um, the rule is, Chazaka, Shliach, Osa, Shlichus. And that is where we left off. Let's stop here for a second.